Hi, this is Bruce Chamoff, host of Become a Successful Podcaster and the founder of the very first podcast network called the World Podcast Network, formed in February 2006. I have listened to thousands of podcast episodes and have advised podcasters on everything from audience growth to monetization to marketing and branding. Subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you become successful with your show in a new episode each week, which may include co-hosts and special guests. Also, in case you were wondering where the term podcast network comes from, I was the one person in the world who coined the term in 2006, after which hundreds of podcast networks sprung up. If you have not added your podcast to the World Podcast Network, you can do so for free at nycpodcastnetwork.com. Now, let's start the show. Hey there, it's Bruce Chamoff. Become a successful podcaster, where we help you become successful with your podcast from everything, including audience growth, marketing, branding, monetization, and more. I started this podcast because I get the same questions over and over and over again, and I just wanted to put it all into episodes. With me is Rena Freeman Watts of the Better Call Daddy podcast and probably one of the fastest growing podcasts I have seen in such a short time. She's on, and I'm so happy to have her on. Last week, I was on her podcast, and now I get to return the favor. Here she is. Hello, Rena. How are you doing? I am awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. And I was excited to be on your show last week. And what I'm doing is I'm going to look at my other computer and just kind of go over some of the facts and accomplishments that I have seen and heard from Rena. So first of all, and first and foremost, and I'm just kind of looking over at my other computer here, the Jerry Springer, Jerry Springer, probably, I would say maybe one of your biggest podcast guests. I know the story, how you used to be an intern for him. And you can tell me more about that. Um, her company is called Megawatts Production. She books people in all walks of life. I have heard a lot of your episodes. I know a lot of who you've interviewed. It's not just famous people. It's people who are in all walks of life, like I said, and all expertises. But I'm not going to give the farm, I'll give away the farm. If you want to know about who they are, go to Rena's podcast. It's bettercalldaddy.com. And I'm going to put that link in the show notes as well. Now, I'm going to keep on looking down here. I've also heard that Rena has also interviewed Barbara Corcoran of Shark Tank. I actually booked her on Kathy Heller's show. Oh, Kathy Heller's show. Okay. But you still talk to her, right? I talked to her team, yeah, to get her booked. See, for you podcasters out there that are hearing this, you might want to know how do you get a good, a famous guest like that on your show? So Rena can tell us that as well. Now, I got to say that it's not, Rena's one of the most positive podcasters in the space. Every show is full of laughter, full of humor, full of good vibes, and of course, really good information. I've only known Rena for about roughly two months and I've come form a really good business relationship with her. So it was just a great idea. Now, Podno 2024 is on February 17th. That's a Saturday. Unfortunately, Rena, who was asked to be a speaker, cannot make it. 
but I'm also, I'm actually kind of, I feel like I'm, I feel like I want to change the date just to make Rena come, but we won't do that, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> but I really wanted you as a speaker, Rena. I want you to know that. That's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> so let's get into some of these questions. Now, Rena, you could talk a little bit about yourself, when you started your podcast, why you got into podcasting. Um, I see that you have great sponsors on your show, on your website. Let's talk about your podcast first. So go ahead. You got the floor. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I will say that I feel like my career really started in radio. I got a job in college at an NPR station and loved that medium. So when I was working those early morning shifts or the shifts that nobody else wanted to work, not only was I loading the features and reading the news and the weather, but I was also creating air check tapes and singing in the booth and playing with the equipment and getting comfortable. And it's interesting that 20 so years later, after having worked in media and reality TV and behind the scenes of major productions, that now I started a podcast about three years ago with my dad, who is my biggest support system and number one fan, and really encouraged me to awesome. go after my dreams and do things that I love doing. That that led to me being in radio again, where one day a week I host a radio show on cool.fm and they are re-airing best of episodes of the Better Call Daddy show. So had I not put together this podcast, I wouldn't have had a, so to speak, air check tape. That is the modern day air check tape is creating a portfolio, creating a group of work of what you've done for other people, of what you've done for yourself and showing the world what you can do. And I feel like if you're in marketing today, or if you are a business, if you are a brand, a podcast is a great way to demonstrate what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the air track tape, the radio, I mean, you've done it all. You've been on a lot of shows. You're doing cool.fm right now. So you're really active in media. And that's obvious. But how did you grow your audience so fast in three years? Well, I worked for a couple top podcasters. And I really saw that one of the keys to growing their audience was having a community, having a sounding board where after you have people on your show, that it's not just a one and done. So I created a Facebook group where I will say probably that's my core listenership. I have over 750 people in that group, and I interact with them three to five times a week, asking them about different topics that I'm thinking about covering. So if I ask a question around a topic and then it gets 50 responses, I know that my audience is into that subject matter. If I ask a question and they only get a couple responses, I know that's probably not something that people are going to tune into. I also have like every Friday, you can promote what's going on in your business, what's going on in your life. So I have a promote anything day and people know that. And so they show up there. And then that gives me real insight into who my audience is and what they care about and what they want to promote. And I've been doing that for three years. I also share my podcast episodes there. So people know what topics I'm covering and they can cherry pick what they're into and what they're not into, into. And I will say I get a lot of feedback from that private Facebook group. Also, if 
you know, you have a, a birthday and we're connected on Facebook or LinkedIn. I reshare episodes on people's birthdays. And now that I'm on cool.fm, I reshare episodes that have already aired on my podcast. And it's also, again, on the cool.fm website. And I now also started a blog where some of my best guests I've turned into blog posts and I do a lot of backlinking. Not only am I, sorry, go ahead. I've been reading your blog. Thank you. I think it can be improved. I think it's a start, but it's also a great way to repurpose because not everybody is going to listen to every episode. So they might just read about it and then reach out to you that way. So I think the way that I've been able to grow my audience is engaging with them across different platforms from LinkedIn to Twitter to blogging to Facebook group and just really staying connected with the people who have been on my show and growing from there asking who's the most interesting person they know, ask who they think would be a great guest for my show, checking in with them on their birthdays or on their anniversaries or knowing what they're up to. I think a big mistake that podcasters make is just being one and done. Like if you have somebody on your show and they say, hey, can you make me an intro to another podcaster? Why not? Or if you have somebody on your show and they have a supplement line or they're a fan of somebody that you've had on your show, make introductions, see how else you can collaborate, whether it's an Instagram Live, whether it's a Twitter space, whether it's a LinkedIn audio, whether they have a podcast too, whether they can make an introduction, whether you can make an introduction. I think the biggest way to continue to grow is to see how you can extend out from the podcast. Yeah, you're really good at that too, like all the intros. Obviously, you've been introducing me to a lot of people. And I'm thinking, obviously, of who I can introduce you to, because there are a lot of people there too. Um, one of my close friends is uh, in your audience. Her name is Ava Ava Bowdy. Uh, she's got the Busy Mom Network, uh, Busy Mom Podcast Network. Don't know if you know her uh, personally, but uh, she's been you know pushing a lot as well. And her podcasts are actually through mine, which is kind of cool. Like she's got a network, but her sources come from me, so we can actually power. And as I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago, we can power other podcast networks through mine. So basically, if you want to have the Better Call Daddy podcast and you have specific podcasts that you want, like parental podcasts, right? Or just people who are in your Facebook group, as you mentioned, we can group all those together. And then through my technology, we take all of the episodes, we take all the RSS feeds and combine them into one RSS feed. And then you get everybody's episode in one combined RSS feed. So we could do something like that. But that's what you've... You know, pretty much you, you've been doing that separately on your Facebook group, which is excellent. And I see that you have the Friday day where people can name their business or actually say what's going on in their business, which is excellent. And then basically, I like that you, know, you have certain days of the week that people can do things, you interact. I mean, honestly, I have a LinkedIn group of 1,700 people and I get no inter interactivity whatsoever. So I also do kind of what you do, where... It's called podcasters helping podcasters. And people weren't helping each other. They were just posting their episodes. I'm like, that's not what this group is about. Okay, yeah, you have an episode. I got you. You want people, but you can't keep spamming with your episodes. So I have a Thursday day where I let people post their episodes, right? And then they stop. And at the point, people were abusing it. So I, I set it to an approved, you know, you have to approve all the, uh, all the posts. And I would email the people. Say, look, 
you have to wait till Thursday. I'm going to delete this post. Then on Thursday, you can post it again and I'll open up the floor and I'll prove it right away. This way you kind of train people on what those days are. But I still was, I'm getting no interaction. So I want to basically learning from what you're doing, which is excellent. And you obviously have the community, which is great. And you, you push people's podcast episodes on their birthdays. You push it through cool.fm. I love that. That's great. You know, you basically what it shows to me is that you're, com, you're com, basically treating, and I'm saying basically too much, you are treating the community really well. You're showing the community some respect and some loyalty and some admiration. And when you do that, people come right back to you. They stick with you because they also want to be loyal to you. They want to be, they want to give you that same admiration back. And you're treating everybody really well, which is excellent. And you're obviously growing very quickly doing that. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. I want to tell you another trick too. A lot of times we're like, what do we post? Right? Like you run out of ideas. You're like, I don't want to just promote my show. So I will post a quote and then people that I feel like would resonate with that post or people who... I know are my people that follow me on Instagram every day. Like, you know who your 20 people are, you know, like, you know who your top people are that share your stuff, that like your stuff, that are constantly looking at your stories. I will thank those people by tagging them in a quote that reminds me of them. So I will do that at least once a day, like a little pump up. Yes. And it's, it's so easy because you're like, I'm not promoting their episode. I'm not promoting my, my episode, but I'm saying, Hey, you know, I'm thinking of you. I know you're one of my people. And this quote is like a little pick-me-up. That's a good idea. You know, I actually thought about doing something like that. But the one thing I have been doing is the people who are my top people, like, you know, you got your top people and every single, everyone's got their own little circle of people they think about right right away. Of course, that is when I'm doing Podno 2024 in February, anybody who I ask to be a speaker... <laughs> shows that I think of them highly because those are the people I trust that will get the message across. And as I mentioned, I got Rob Greenlee, who used to be the vice senior vice president of Libsyn. Now he's the senior vice president of Podbean. And when you get people like that, people who have stayed with me, and actually also when you post your own like, help type of podcast, the people that are always liking it, the same people, those are the people you start noticing as well, right? And then again, the people who comment more, you notice them even more. Like anybody could just hit like, 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 like. But when you actually take the time to write something and write a comment, that resonates better because it shows that they're actually responding to you. And I think that it's great when people like your posts, but it doesn't really resonate so well with me because anybody could just hit a link, you know? So I look to find the people who actually write the, the comments, and that's really important too. Um, that's great. I want to ask you, looking at my questions here, um, you said you started the Facebook group and that's 750 people, and then you started cross-promoting to other networks. Now, what, in your opinion, do you find, and maybe it depends, but what do you find is the most engaging, let me reward that question. What social network do you think people engage in your particular content the most? Yeah, I will say I have a bit of a different following on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. 
But LinkedIn is the first platform that I really started developing a following because I had a couple day jobs where it was my job to reach out to people on LinkedIn. So I have a core group there because I spent so much time on LinkedIn. I have 16,000 followers on LinkedIn. So I always get engagement there, but I will say I get more engagement and responses from my core group in that Facebook group because it's a private group. So Mm. I think people feel more comfortable that it's a private group to really express themselves. And I get a lot of things in DMs. And if I get good comments and DMs, I say, hey, can I use this? I will snapshot it and I'll share it on Instagram. I'll share it on my story on Facebook. A lot of times when people message me and they're like, damn, that episode was gold or wow, I can't believe you gave all that away for free. Or when they say things like that, I'll be like, hey, can you copy and paste that into a review? Can can I copy and play, paste that into a story? So immediately, anytime I messaged, I repurposed that content because like you said, people themselves, when they comment, they say it better than you could. Yeah. Well, people always reword things in their own way, right? I mean, everybody's different. Um, you, you know, your father is your your biggest uh, supporter, and you know, my daughter is my daughter and I becoming that way. Like she's starting to see me more as a supporter. Where we had a little bit of a rough patch for a couple of years, and I lost her. And I mean, I think everybody loses their teenagers for a while, and she came back to me. Now she's calling me every day, which is great. So I feel. I feel that love that your father feels from you, right? Um, and I'm always there for my daughter, no matter what. Um, and and it's it's great. She's she follows in my footsteps where she's very ambitious. She's always trying new things, and she's always backing out of things that she sees after a while did not work. And I see that you obviously your father supporting you. You run all your podcasts. Uh, guess for what they say by your father, what you think is excellent, right? I would love to have that respect for my daughter, which I don't have just yet. Um, but maybe one day in the future, uh, she's only 20 years old. But I love what you do with with your father and you get him so involved in your podcast. And your podcast, now, obviously, Better Call Daddy, the first thing I think of is, and I see you, right? And the first impression I got before I started listening to your episodes was, this is a a woman who who is is doing a parental podcast, right? And you have the little audio clips of your of your 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 child saying hi grandpa, right? I love that. That's great. And then when you interviewed me, you you asked me, well, what would I like to ask your father? And I'm like, I'm just throwing for a loop. I'm like, but then she asked that to everybody. I'm like, oh wow, okay. And I really didn't know what to ask your father, but I did wanted to ask him how did he raise such an an ambitious young woman. I don't must think, you know, I don't know what you, how old you are, and I'm not going to ask, but how did he in, uh, raise such a, an amazing woman? And you are very well accomplished. So I think it was great. And that was like just the best question I could ask your father, right? Um, so my question for you, I'm going to flip it a little bit, is, is your father as accomplished as you are? Did you get your, your accomplishments from like your sense of accomplishment from him? That's a great question. I I have actually really big shoes to fill because my dad has been an extremely loyal son to his parents. 
That's he hard. worked with his parents for 40 plus years in a manufacturing company that my grandparents owned. And he got married to my mom when she was right out of high school. He's been a solid husband, a solid son, a solid brother, a solid dad. And that is really hard to come by, I feel yeah. like, in today's day and age. So I honestly don't even know if I will be able to live up to all that my dad has done. I think we make different choices, but I will say my dad's legacy is tied to his parents. And I knew that my dad always wanted to have his own show. So if nothing else, I was able to give him that with my creative talents. That's excellent. That's great. Now, did you ever, I mean, I know you've done a lot with, with TV and did you ever work in the manufacturing company for your dad? I did try that for a summer. And what's funny about that is I do feel like the reason I was able to relate so well to Jerry Springer guests is because I worked right alongside them. Actually, somebody somebody that worked for my father was on one of my shows. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a, it's just a small world, right? It's really it's just such a small world. It, it really is. Like it doesn't really matter how big and how many people there are, millions of people. You still know somebody that knows somebody else. And obviously the, the, the world between you and me is getting smaller because I know a lot of people you know now, and I didn't know they knew you. <laughs> so now you come into my life as, as you know, with a business relationship, as someone that's really good in my network, um, who supports me, what I do, I support you, what you do. And I find out that we know like 20 people, right? I'm looking at a lot of the guests that you have. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that person. Like, you know, I've spoken to that person. So it's, it's really awesome uh, that we met this way. Um, yeah, I, like I said, the reason why I asked that question is because my daughter is now my maintenance manager for my podcast now, right? And I think I told you last week is that my father was a CPA. And when I was eight years old, I did income taxes. I wanted to be an accountant. I wanted to follow in his footsteps. Did, I did straight A's in accounting in high school. Get into college. I declare my major as a freshman. How many freshmen actually declared a major? A lot of people are undecided, right? At that point, until they hit junior year. No, I knew I wanted to be an accountant. Took introduction to accounting one, introduction to accounting two, got straight A's, and then intermediate and got B's. And I'm like, wait a minute. A B is not bad, but I'm not getting an A. And that actually tells me something. I was not motivated to be an accountant. And I told my father, I said, sorry, dad, I'm stuck in the fall in your footsteps. At the same time, I was taking introduction to marketing, and I loved it. And of course, I'm in my 50s, okay? Marketing now is definitely not like marketing when I was in college. Okay? There was no internet. There was no web, right? I loved accounting. I'm sorry. I loved advertising. I took introduction to advertising. I, lo I loved the psychological aspect of it. I took introduction to personal uh, personalities, psycho psychology, a personality so I can understand how the consumer works. Then I took a, cl a class called consumer marketing. So I didn't follow in his footsteps. But then when I got out of college, I didn't even do marketing. I just got into computer programming, right? So I told, and then I think I told you, and maybe I didn't tell you, I, I told this to, to my, my significant other, Shari, who's sitting right behind me, right behind the computers. Hi, Shari. Hi, Shari. <laughs> says, Hi, Shari. Shari, who's on some of my podcasts, who I now actually just bought a, um, a new podcasting arm and a microphone for it. So she's going to be more on my podcast. <laughs> she's, 
she's uh she's holding her her fist up the the victim i love it <laughs> what do you think of that shari good <laughs> she's like yeah whatever you want to come over here say hi to Rena. here she comes she was just waiting for me to get off the podcast but she's getting really involved Jerry makes the can. Oh, you're in a, yeah. wait, you come in, come closer. Oh, it's really his, his Hi. <laughs> Hi, I feel honored to know you. Thank you. I, you're, yeah, now you're in the background. And yeah, I'm the background like, isn't good, though. That's cool. I'm in the blurred background now. Okay. You want to say anything, Lorena? No. No? Okay. <laughs> okay. It was good to meet you. Okay. Good to meet you, too. It'll be more, more of my podcast later. She'll be on this episode, obviously. Um, so, yeah, so I was saying that, um, you know, when I told my, oh, so when I was a baby, my father said to me, daddies know everything. And of course, as a little kid, you don't know anything. So of course you believe that. And then I started taking computer programming and I came home, I came home. No, I didn't come home. I called him because I already moved out and I, I told him about everything I was doing. And he says, it's not that difficult. I said, no. And they said, aha, daddies don't know everything. But then again, I started using that line on my daughter when she was a kid. And now my daughter wants to go into medicine. So apparently daddies don't know everything, right? But it's cool that you trust them all that time. So it's, it's, it's really cool. So no, this is, this is my career path. So I went from accounting to marketing, to and I'm still doing marketing, obviously, but doing more of like the web development thing. And when I saw your podcast, I was like, it's a parental podcast, right? Better call daddy. And then I, I look at all your episodes and I'm like, no, no, it's not about that. It's, it's about just people in general, what they do for a living, uh, what, what their accomplishments are. And then Mr. Freeman, I'm going to call him, looks and listens to all the episodes and you and you run it by him that's really cool that you do that thank you I yeah i, 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 I kind of got see. the idea from my jerry springer background i was like he interviews people from all walks of life and then at the end he has his final thoughts and so i was like instead of jerry my dad and i can do the final thought yeah that's awesome so i i can't wait to hear what he what he comes up with me <laughs> <laughs> but that that will you know that will be for the future whenever the episode comes out. But let's see. Going back to my question, this uh, by the way, you're awesome. This is an awesome episode. Um, Thank you. Just last week, um, I interviewed a woman from Pakistan who moved to New York City who has ninety three thousand Instagram followers. And her name, wow. is, yeah, her name is Anma Kardar. So I'm gonna hopefully be editing that episode soon, and that will come out soon. All right. So uh, my. And I can connect you too if you want her on yours as well. She's a beauty consultant. Um, oh, wow. So let's see. How did you grow? I said that already. Okay. For new pod. Okay. So my last question is for new podcasters starting out, is there a specific? Now, I asked you about social media, but is there a specific social media, uh, social network that people should use? And my other question for you too is we talked last week on your podcast about demographics and psychographics, right? Um, do you have a particular demographic that most of your audience makes up? 
it's it's interesting. Most of my audience is pretty well split. It is still in favor more towards women. I think it's sixty percent women and forty percent men. That's almost, but yeah, it it really is almost split. It's funny. I thought it would be more female because I myself am a female host, but since I cover so many men's issues and so many like fatherhood topics, it really is closer to. 50 50, you know, um, as far as the demographics, it's, it, it is like 35 to 50 year olds mainly. So around my age, a little bit younger to a little bit older, which doesn't surprise me because there are people, my dad's age that listen. That's excellent. Now, now do the people listen who are your dad's age because your dad tells people, or is that just a coincidence? Yeah. He's like, like a walking marketing machine. I mean, my dad is an old school marketer, which is really cool. He talks to people at synagogue about it. He talks to people when he's in Florida traveling and that works. I mean, old school marketing is really the best way. And, and that's what I tell my podcast guests. Here's something that I think is also really effective. Okay. So the more you can give your guests who are on your show, the better. So when I first, very first started out, I gave him a graphic, I gave him an audiogram, and I said, here's the links. That should be like the bare minimum. Oh, then, yeah. Yeah. then it it evolved to, here's a couple clips, here's a link to a blog, make sure you find me on IMDb, make sure you find me on Podchaser, here's a link to my Podchaser page, here's a link to my IMDb page, you can add yourself as a guest. I also want to add you to my Spotify list of all the podcasts that I've been on. Another thing too is if somebody interviews me back and they do a really good job, I will create an in, I will create a personalized intro. I will then air their segment and then I'll have my dad react to them interviewing me. So for instance, this podcast, if it turns out really good, I could create a custom intro, air the segment that you send me and then have my dad react to you interviewing me. So then it's just another episode for my RSSS, for my RSS feed. It then gives your episode more reach and it helps play the episode again. So I might do it like a month after it's already on your network. That's excellent. That's a, a really good marketing strategy right there. And I, uh, yes, give, give away things, you know, that people remember by, you know, things by what you give them because everybody wants something for free, but what you want for free could, should be a value as well. Um, you said your father is an old school marketer. Now, I just mentioned 10 minutes ago that I took introduction to marketing in college, which makes me a little bit of an, uh, an old school marketer myself, um, which is very interesting. So I want to ask you a favor. And would I be allowed, would I be allowed? I'm sure I'd be allowed. Is it okay for me to have your father on my podcast as a guest? Yeah, yeah. He has been asked to be on a couple, but not too many. And I love that. I think that after doing almost 350 episodes with me, he is comfortable standing on his own. I might just sign on to make sure, like, technically that he's set up good, that his volume sounds good, that the camera isn't pointed up his nose. But other than that, my dad is a great interview. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's let's get your father on the show, like, let's say, like, second week of October, possibly, you know? I'll that would be that. fun. Yeah. That would be so cool. I want to meet him. Um, obviously I'll hear whatever he says, uh, about my episode, you know, about my episode with you. And I want to talk old school marketing and also how it compares 
to social media marketing of today, right? Um, I'll say this, that social media marketing is, is such a loose marketing strategy. I think that people do it wrong. And I say that all the time because you have Facebook and you have Twitter and LinkedIn and TikTok and Snapchat. And people don't, like, posting something on Facebook without knowing who your audience is, is like posting to nobody. That's how I look at it. You know, if I, I feel like old school marketing still needs to be practiced today, right? Talk about demographics. So I was saying like, if you, and again, I was saying, if you're a baseball podcast and you're posting inside of a football Facebook group, you know, what's, <laughs> and I've seen people do stupid things like that and it just doesn't work. It's not effective. Um, you know, you, you need to find people that are like-minded like yourself. Like I said to you in the email a little while ago, when, um, I mean, I, uh, on my podcast, I always look for podcasters for my audience. I don't just look for people who can listen to podcasts unless they're podcasters themselves, right? But then again, I also look for media people. I look for social media marketing people. And I found people that are not into podcasting that said, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I should be in the podcasting because this is, you know, Bruce is telling me this. I got a really good friend of mine, believe it or not. Now, I'll tell you a very quick story about me and Shari. Can I tell the story? Do you mind? So we grew up in a town called Freehold, New Jersey, which is where Bruce Springsteen comes from. And Shari and I, well, she was one year ahead of me. Okay. So I had a crush on her. All right. And I was too shy to ask her out. Most people in high school are shy. You get older and you, you lose your shyness, right? You get a little bit more outgoing. So I never asked her out. <laughs> we went on with our lives. She forgot about me. I forgot about her. And then through a mutual friend named Gina, I should play this for Gina, right? Her, uh, her name came up, but her married name came up. I didn't know she was divorced, kept her married name. I ignored it. Move on. I'm like, oh, okay, she's, the, she's the divorced. Fine. She comes up again. And this time I click on it and say, you know what? I'll be friends with her. I'll, be, I'll friend her on Facebook. And I look at the marital status. I'm like, it's, divor it's divorced. But she still has a married name. But then I asked her out. Finally. That was this year. I love year. it. That was this year. Aw. And um, we're talking years so uh, we're both divorced and, you know, we, we have, we, we have our similar stories and it all worked out. So, uh, <laughs> so now um, she's now my co-host and uh, it, it's kind of an interesting story, you know, how things like that come around. But now my friend, Steve Gutman, who is going to come here, he lives close by to me. Um, he posts, he's a fitness guru. He posts every morning on Facebook, some kind of fitness advice, right? something about your diet, something about jogging, about exercising. Um, I love how he consistently posts on Facebook every single day, yet he's never had a podcast. But everything's a video. So I want to have him on my show about the consistency of, of posting on Facebook. You know, So that's, that just intrigues me when people do that. I'm not that good. I do not consistently post every single day. And I love people who do. So that's, I'm going to have him on as a guest. And really, you know, how do you stay consistent? How do you 
the discipline to do that. I'm just so intrigued by something as simple as that. What do you think? You definitely have to plan ahead, especially if you want to release a podcast a week. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's why I batch record. I have about eight episodes right now in the hopper. And what that looks like is first I do the interview. Then I have to edit it down. Then I have to do the intro outro. So what I do is I get my dad's reaction. And then with his reaction, I formulate the intro. That's awesome. So it's a whole it's a whole process, right? So oh yeah, every episode. Interview, edit, dad's reaction, then intro. Then from there, after that whole thing is compiled, I download the MP3, I upload it into Cast Magic. Then I see what Cast Magic transcribes and the titles that it suggests, and I usually end up tweaking the titles, but it gets me pretty close to there. So I have to pick the title, I have to do the show notes, I have to decide which sponsor is going to be a part of the episode. And usually a day before I end up publishing it, I'll listen to the full episode all the way through at least one time to make sure I like everything that's getting ready to be published. That's pretty cool. You know, that is basically the, I said basically again, that is the general procedure to get a podcast out there. And I agree with you. The only difference, and, and I do very similar to what you do. I think most podcasters do. The editing is what I hate, obviously. I did hire a, a really good guy from Pakistan who did my editing for me, but then I decided I wanted to do it myself, um, but I might go back to using him as well for my editing. But the only difference between you and me, and you, you know this already, is that my show notes are done with me talking into Otter. Right. Which is also an AI tool. So we're both using AI assistance, though. Yeah. The only difference is that the AI with Cast Magic actually writes it for you. With me, I'm just talking and writing it myself. But, you know, like, like I said, I, I look forward to using Cast Magic. And I think Greg Wasserman is, is, is a great, he's a great guy. Um, I'm interviewing him tomorrow. Uh, I, like I said, I don't know. If there's going to be, and I don't want Gray to get upset with me about this, so I'll talk to him about this tomorrow, and I'm going to ask him the same question. I don't know if AI eventually hits hits a dead end somewhere, right? Because you can say you get all your your stuff, put it in, say regenerate, 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 and after a while, where's the regeneration going to start looking like the other regenerations, right? Somewhere along the line, the language starts repeating itself, and I'm very curious about that. Now I. I'm also, believe it or not, I'm working on an AI component for the podcast network, the same thing. But I do want to use Cast Magic. I do want to play with it. Uh, Greg and I have been talking about it, and he's going to demo it for us tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. So he'll share his screen and get it out to my my uh, my listeners. And it, I'm really going to be uh, looking forward to that when that comes out. But yeah, I just hate the editing part, right? So that's other than that, it is a production. And the same thing with music. You know what? I have five albums on Spotify. I've written 150 songs. And a lot of people think that when you're not a musician, it's the same. You walk into a recording studio, you lay down your, your music, and it's done. No. It's the same thing. You have to edit the music, mix it, then you have to master it. And before you know it, the distribution and the marketing, it's podcasting is a lot of work. And 
people get pod fade when it comes to editing. I don't think people get pod fade when it comes to ideas. I think, you know, I have, I told you last week, I have a, a list of 20, I have 25 episodes that I haven't even recorded yet. Just ideas sitting in my Trello, right? So it's just a matter of the editing. <laughs> now, what, what do you find is the most tedious project of that whole process that you talked about? Mm, that's a good question. I think the marketing is a big piece. Yeah. I think that that is where podcasters fail is that they get marketing burnout. Yeah. Most podcasters just think that they can have this final product and put it out there and that people are going to subscribe and listen to all their episodes. You have to get creative in presenting your episodes in different ways. And that is again why I think it's important to interact with your audience when you're not putting out an episode. So when you're not putting out an episode, you are supporting the people who support you. You're going to their content, you're sharing their content, you're commenting on their content, and you're asking questions from your audience around what topic you're getting ready to release. So I just released an episode today around depression, panic attacks, anxiety. I interviewed a chick who got really raw about what it was like for her to go to a mental hospital. I had also interviewed a guy who had written a book on the subject matter. Mm. And I said, hey, if you liked this episode, you might want to check out the male version of it. And I linked to his episode in the show notes. And I reached out to that guy and was like, hey, you two should connect. She shares very honestly about her time. It's a little bit different than yours, but you both are passionate about that subject matter. And then who yeah. had I connected that guy to, right? So I go back and I'm like, who did I intro that guy to? I should maybe introduce her to them as well. And they might also like the episode. That's awesome. And, and you by doing that, you also, you also get what I, I talk about in a couple of my episodes, you get search and optimization, right? You get social media and all the marketing outlets linking back to your podcast and then Google start and Yahoo start picking all that up. And then when people, you know, that's another thing too, is thinking about search and optimization, which is a big part of online marketing too. And people forget that also. They think you just need it for SEO, but doing all the marketing strategies that you talked about, you get instant SEO if you do it right. I always say that social media marketing is easy to do, but social media marketing correctly is hard. Another thing that a lot of podcasters don't do is you're eligible to get on IMDb as a film credit. So you can add your podcast on IMDb and you can individually list each episode as an entry. Oh, so that's a really good way to show up on a major database. Also on podchaser.com, which got acquired, I forget by who, but you can go on Podchaser and any podcast that you've been on. You can add yourself as a guest on their podcast. So you can link well. to all those podcasts on your pod chaser and you can individually add people as guests on your podcast. So I'm a little bit behind there, but I've got over a hundred episodes on my IMDB as film credits. So that's just mm. another way to be seen as an expert and to show up quickly on Google because IMDB is like, a film credit database. And since I had already worked in TV, it just adds on to my credibility. That, that is, I never thought of that. That's amazing. It's, um, I mean, yeah, Podchaser, I heard, I can't remember also who acquired them, but 
they're also, I, I didn't know about the guest thing, so I'm going to check that out. But I, don't, I do want my subscribers to know about IMDb. That's awesome. I mean, maybe I'll experiment with that in a couple of weeks and maybe do a, a video tutorial on that. But I think that's great. I think that is it. Um, I have learned so much on this episode talking to you, Rena, and also you meeting Shari. <laughs> um, is there anything you would like to say to my subscribers? Make sure that you leave Bruce a five-star review and <laughs> thank you. subscribe to his podcast. And if you are a podcaster, you should definitely be on the World Podcast Network. It has increased my reach and it has connected me to Bruce and really cool people. That's and awesome. I would say one thing I'm going to leave you guys with is connect with other content creators because one, they show up prepared. They've got a mic. They want to make great content and they're going to promote you in ways that you might not think of promoting yourself. I love collaborating with other creators because they make great content. That is awesome. Thank you so much for that advice and the, the plugs. And Rena, we will talk soon. Awesome. Thank you All so right. much. You have a good day. Good night. You too. <laughs> okay. Bye. Nice to meet you, Sherry. Bye. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye.